in a studio that's in a basement comes the epic story of how two friends changed the future of the movie podcast game forever. The reviews are in. Boys Life Magazine gives the High Side Podcast four and a half acorns. The Daily Bugle says, These guys are super legit. And Pope Francis declares the podcast as life-affirming. From the kid who tried to get smart with David Spade and got fucking old. You're still out. You're still back. And the guy who can name all four Baldwin brothers. Alec, William, Daniel, and the baby boy, Stephen. Live from the studio of his parents' basement, the Have You Seen It podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Have You Seen a Podcast. My name is Mason Knight. Sitting across me is the one and only Cash Krause. But before we begin, if you guys could please be sure to smash that like button, comment below, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell notification as we drop videos here every single day. So with that said, Cash, what are we reviewing today? Well, if you noticed, we haven't uh, transported back into 1920. We are intentionally filming this in black and white. We are. We must clarify that. That must mean we are doing another black and white movie yeah we've done a few this year yeah black and white is huge this year all in different styles too it catches hollywood's all about trends you know yeah. they get one studio finds out that another studio is doing black and white and then all of a sudden they're like well fuck we gotta do black and white films mm-hmm. but this is the second a24 film this year that's in black and white a24 is fond of black and white the lighthouse was in black and white yes, of it course was. but uh it when you have the right director, and they say they want to do something in black and white, you just say, "Okay, go for it." You know, uh, mm-hmm. we don't give a fuck. No, <laughs> you know, I think it costs less still to shoot things in black and white, also. But another black and black white film. This film, uh, like you said, different from the one we did previously. Just yes, a drama. Was. This is "Come On, Come On," starring. Oh, Joaquin Phoenix. The Phoenix himself. Yes. My gosh. Yeah. Rise from is the ashes. His, is this his emblem now? Are we going to do this every time we talk about the Oh, Phoenix? here comes the Phoenix. Yep. Uh, yeah, Risen from the Ashes, my guy. And, and I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this part, Cash. Both you and I donated $40 to this film. I wanted you to bring this up. Uh, because I'm so glad you did. We we were pushing back reviewing this film for a while, guys, because I don't know if you know this, but me and Cash, we're kind of cheap. Don't want to pay 20 bucks a piece to watch a film. Who can? Uh, I know, I know. This goddamn economy, I can't be paying $20 for an indie film. So we were trying to push it back, but I mean, no matter what, we said at the end of January, we got to put our top 10 of 2021. We are a month behind, but it's just so hard right now to catch up with all these films. Yeah, and Come On, Come On is getting... I mean, so much buzz. Buzz because Joaquin Phoenix said it's what made him fall in love with filmmaking again. And then buzz because of award season is everyone's talking about that this may be the front runner for a lot of awards. So we just bit the bullet. We had to, man. We had to. Although I guarantee next week it will be on demand for four ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be real frustrating. Because what, but... what did we rent last week? Or The Last Duel is on HBO Max now. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so frustrating because we just reviewed that last week and I paid for that. And I paid now for it's it. on yeah, HBO yeah. Max. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So this it one positively will be on. Uh, I'm sure. I think this one's coming to Amazon Prime at some point. Yeah, probably. It'll probably be free for streaming mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime. Yeah, in Prime. a couple months or a month or two from now. We may be the only people 
in the US of A that paid nineteen ninety nine to see this yeah, film. Yeah, peace. They got two <laughs> two sales and it's both us. Yeah, yeah. I mean this I think at the box office this film only made eighty dollars. So yeah. we are fifty percent of that. It made two point one million, that's it at the box office, which yeah. is pretty crazy. That actually kind of I mean, that's pretty good actually for an indie film. I mean, yeah. with very limited release. Well, that's this the one thing. isn't it's shot. super limited. Yeah. Like anywhere that we looked, come on, come on was not in any theater. Cause I would have rather just went to a theater and watched it. They will know? definitely make that money. Their budget back once this thing does go down to four ninety nine or six ninety nine or whatever. Because a lot of people will end up seeing this film. They just won't end up seeing it for nineteen. For twenty bucks, yeah. Yeah. Although, okay, we got past that. We yeah. had to get that off we our chest. We had to get that off our chest. I'll never get that $20 back, man. It's, never. It's going to burn. It's going to eat away at me forever. But I got to say, movie, very good. <laughs> movie yeah. was phenomenal. I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I'm not upset that I spent 20 <laughs> bucks on it, ironically Had enough. Had this movie been a big old stinking pile of duke. I would have been pissed. $20? Oh, yeah. my God. But I, I think we were both pretty confident. At this, I'm Joaquin Phoenix. And I'm not gonna lie, off. I heard I heard people talking about the film. <laughs> I, I saw the buzz on the line. I so haven't I like, seen uh, anyone say they did that they, they, they've disliked this film. Right. So uh in Joaquin Phoenix, man, he's coming off such a fucking heater with the Joker that I was so excited to see what he did next. And I, I had a feeling it would be a movie like this. After doing the Joker, a very, very heavy, heavy this film's very heavy too. It is. A different, much, much but different. But it's a different way. kind of heavy. Yeah. For sure. Where you don't have to uh mentally uh, drain yourself yeah. from being a maniacal character. It, it was more obviously real This life. one's more personal, yeah. for sure, you know. Uh, but, yeah, so I was excited to see what he was going to do next, and I was not disappointed because no. he is is one actor that only picks really, really good stuff to do. But, uh, yeah, like you said, a very personal film. Again, another beautifully shot film. Uh, another film where I think black and white only adds to it. Yeah, and, and as I brought up earlier, it's a different style of black and white. Yeah. Uh, I, I would see my screen kind of flicker from this, like, uh, it's so hard to describe, like, this brownish black and white to, like, this purplish black and white. But, like, that sounds like it's not subtle, but it was, like, super subtle where I'm like, is this changing yeah. or is it not? Is I, this playing tricks with my eyes? I felt the same way. Uh Almost where it wasn't just shot purely in black and white, but they were also messing with the color grading a lot. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to assume that the, that was intentional. Was intentional, absolutely. Yeah. Because there's no color at all in this film, except for the credit scene. There's a, uh, like the four, like this film was made for or whatever. And that's the only scene that's like, it's, it's just words, but it's a blue background. Oh, okay. So I have to think they were doing something with color intentionally. And the director is uh, Mike Mills, who's he's only directed a few films. His last film was 20th Century Woman that got nominated for Best Screenplay. But that was 2016. Wow. Has not done a film for five years. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. Uh, but he comes back and he does something very personal and very beautiful, man. Yeah. And... Just Joaquin Phoenix and the the child actor uh, Woody Norman. It's a great name. Woody Woody's a great name. <laughs> Woody Norman. Yeah. Him and Joaquin played off each other so fucking well, man. Yes, it did. was wild. Kid was uh, super impressive. Very natural too. That's what I was. Where I say. kept forgetting I was watching a film. And and yes, I do want to talk about that more. But I have to give props to Gabby Hoffman. 
how natural she was in those conversations and the choices she made stylistically, like as an, as an actor were, were so good when she's sitting on the bed and, and she's talking to Joaquin Phoenix. I felt like they were brother and sister. Like the choices she made were, were brilliant. Well, honestly. I'd love to talk about Gabby Hoffman because mm-hmm. she is, I would like to talk about any child actors that ended up making it past child acting you know she was uh she played a little girl in a lot of things she played the little girl in uncle buck she played the little girl in field of dreams and then she did stuff as a teenager so she's been consistently working and now she does like all indie stuff which is a thing that you see a lot of child actors end up doing uh look at uh dakota fanning has she been in any big movies well look at uh What's his name? Uh, the, the guy, the kid from ET, the the, the drunk. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Henry. Uh, what's his name? Henry. Uh, what's his name? Gosh darn it. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I know you're talking it's about this whole. It's the whole reason is they won't get roles in mainstream films because they're no longer cute or anything. But they will get roles in indie films because indie films tend to care Henry more Thomas. about directing. Yeah, Henry Thomas. He started doing smaller th- stuff with Mike Flanagan again. Yep. And now he's branching into bigger stuff as well. But it always seems to go to the route for child actors. But yeah, uh, Gabby Hoffman. Like I said, just the chemistry between these three characters. Awesome. No doubt in your mind that these guys weren't related. You felt 100% they were brother and sister and 100% that he was the uncle. Yeah. For sure. It was it's, crazy. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard as an actor, too. Because you do this in like acting class and stuff. To, to really make your phone calls personable. And a lot of this dialogue, I mean, keep in mind, obviously these two aren't really talking to, to each other on the phone, but the way they were able to deliver their performances was really good over those phone conversations, which yeah. phone conversations can get really boring in film. Like, you have to have really two powerful actors to to uh, you know perform it. And I thought they did great. Well, All those conversations were powerful with the yeah. kid and dealing with, you know, uh, the emotions and how to properly use it. And then complaining. Like, they're real adults. They're real people, you know? Being like, I love this scene where where Viv was was telling him. He was like, "I, you don't know what to do. You never know what to do. But just keep going. I know. It's a you scary know? fucking thought. This whole thing is kind of an, an examination of... I mean, it's examination of, like, mental illness, what it is to raise a child on your own and how mm-hmm. fucking hard it can be and, and heartbreak by Joaquin's character who, who was, we never see, but hinted at that he was recently in love and yeah. broken up and kind of still in love, lost whatever that was, that hope in his life. It's, it's just a cool little snapshot of very, very personal fucking very personal elements of people's lives that yes. you don't hear about very often. Well, and that was the thing too with Johnny and it, it was subtle in, 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 in a lot of ways, but the idea that Johnny was not comfortable talking about his emotions and through this journey and especially towards the end of this film and at the end of this film, he was finally due to kind of guiding and mentoring Jesse, Jesse in his own weird way was also kind of mentoring uh, unintentionally, I don't think it was intentional by Jesse, but a kind of showing him that it's okay to open up. It's okay to be emotional. Yeah. It's okay to talk about your feelings, you know, because when he runs, when he finds out about his dad at the end, he you know runs through the park and he finds him and he goes, it's okay not to be happy. Yeah. It's okay not to be happy. Which is wild you know? to have to tell a child that because mm-hmm. of uh, of Jesse, who played by Woody Norman, he's... He's so mature as a child. Very mature. Very mature as a yeah, child. Uniquely mature. And he is that way because of the life that 
he's had to live. And that's how you always see that through kids. Kids that are very mature as a young age, you can almost guarantee are going through some kind of tragedy. Because right. they're forced, or just hanging around adults all yeah, the time. Because they're forced to grow up at a very young age. And uh, and that's what he was going with with a great fucking story of uh, played by Scoot McNary, which is another great name. He's in a lot of stuff. But his dad was going through some kind of mental breakdown and it has, has a mental illness and has illness, like yeah. never told or anything but looks like the the starts of schizophrenia or even just schizophrenia getting worse and worse right. so he had to live with that and he knew very well that his dad was sick and unwell and what was going on but uh, and not only that but also comprehending the fact as a nine-year-old that not just as your dad you know dealing with mental illness but you being scared that you could end up the same way as your father yeah that that's never brought up but that is my initial thought immediately whenever i see this and like is the way he acting right now is because he's showing early signs of of mental illness or something you know cuz the kid is like you said he's he's very mature and uh it just the elements work very well especially with the interviewing the whole interviewing back and forth because kids are, you know, uh, they'll ask any questions. Mm-hmm. They don't have any thought of like, oh, should I ask this or right. not? Is this going to embarrass him? They just fucking ask any question that's on top of their mind. And adults aren't aren't used to being asked questions like that. No, they're not. <laughs> like, are you happy? Mm-hmm. Or or are you okay? It kind of takes you back a little bit. Or like, even he asked one time, uh, do you struggle showing emotion or stuff like that? And it, it always takes Joaquin Phoenix's character back in this movie like, oh, fuck. I don't yeah. want to answer these questions. And, and I loved, I loved, uh, obviously, you know, typically we, you don't like exposition in a film and I wouldn't even necessarily classify this as exposition, but it's own unique way. It kind of was when Joaquin Phoenix was, you know, doing his kind of self into the mic, you know, the, the idea of abortion gets brought up and it, he found out that his mom got an abortion. That's a crazy. And scene, then Joaquin yeah. Phoenix is in the mic by himself in the room and he goes, how the I didn't fuck mean, am I supposed to answer? And that, that was hilarious. You know? yeah, yeah, he's like, no, he goes, what the fuck do I say to that? What the fuck do I say to that? It's a nine-year-old. Like, exactly. And I think if you've ever hung out with a kid for longer than 10 minutes, you get asked those kinds of fuck. I mean, you, oh, yeah, they, the tough ones. T- oh, they like, tell you some uh, crazy shit about their parents that, like, clearly not supposed to. I've 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 yeah. had that happen a couple oh, times. Me too. I'm like, didn't need to know that. And I'm always just like, change the subject. Yeah. What's your favorite color? Yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Hot Wheel? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. Who's your favorite Power Ranger? Yeah, it's Power Ranger <laughs> or but, Teenage Mutant Ninja. But Turtles. once they ask you a question about that, it's kind of stuff, it seems like they don't want to change the subject ever. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just adamantly yeah. stick with it. It's like they intentionally put you in a uncomfortable yeah. position without kids knowing. Are so much smarter than what we give credit for. They are absolutely. They are they're so little, much. They're little. You know. They're so self aware. They absorb everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, they're little versions of us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you think about a kid too, and and as you said, they are smart. In a lot of ways, like when you say a word, when oh you say yeah, a curse word or something around them, it's they're going to stick them. with that word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And although they don't know the meanings of a lot of words, they get the feeling between Correct. for a lot of yeah. words. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you talked about. I'll, I'll go back, and we got off on crazy tangent, but just the phone call scenes. Like for people that don't know, most of the time when you're shooting a phone call scene, you're not shooting it with the other actor. No, you're just re- doing you're doing your lines, and then you have. Uh, assistant director reading the lines. I have to assume they were really talking to each other or maybe just had Joaquin come in and read the lines off because it felt, like you said, very fucking natural. Well, and you know what? That actually might be the case because this film was uh, filmed in sequence. That was my next scene. And that... 
Very rarely you see a film film sequence. Especially a film like this. But this one, genius, because you can feel the relationship between uh, Jesse and Johnny getting closer and closer as time goes on. As the film goes on. And you can obviously only assume that's was the group relationship between Joaquin Phoenix and the the actor. Absolutely. I think that was again to kind of build off what you're saying, that's a brilliant move on the director's part because you're dealing with a kid at the time of filming was seven or eight years old. Never nine. Never active. Never First active. film role. So, you know, you, you you go and shoot day one, might be in the middle of a script or at the end of the film, but that development, that relationship has not been built between the two. Yes. So to, to start the film out this way, meeting him at the house, because you felt that awkwardness, right? When Johnny walked through the door, I really felt, felt like, like it strangers, was strangers. Exactly. Like yeah. the first time. But I really felt that. It wasn't like film feeling it, yeah. you know? And then you do see the relationship build. So I think a perfect way to make this film is in sequence. It probably costs more money. Oh, it's so much well more. It. It's so much more expensive than to shoot in sequence. Yeah. That's why people don't do it. Everyone would do it if it didn't cost so much. But you, you know, have to so be able incredible. to schedule things out to where you know you shoot all the action sequence in one day, then you do the rest of the film. But yeah. this one, like you said. Directors do those film tricks all the time, but they're usually like smaller scale. Like they won't introduce this character. You won't know he's coming on set this day and then they'll surprise everyone. Or Just whatever. like uh, Bradley Cooper in exactly. Licorice Pizza. Or like the Goonies. They never showed him the boat coming in at the end mm-hmm. until the very end and all the kids were amazed by it. By yeah. but, but this one, they do it throughout the entire film. But it, to me, after seeing it, the only way you could have shot this film totally agree. is to do in sequence. Because like you said... You grow with these characters, and they for sure, it's very awkward at the start. Yes. (laughs) It's for sure. When you can see Jesse increasingly getting on Johnny's nerves, Mm -hmm. like time and time again, and then Johnny, and, and I love this. I love it. It's simplistic, the story and everything, but I love the relationship of, like, Johnny you know, calling Viv and being like, you know, I screwed up. I yelled at him. You know, I I, I scared him because right. I was yelling at him. And then him trying to deal with his emotions and feelings and Viv being like, well, he's he's a person. Go to him like a person. He can handle it. Tell him you apologize and how do we fix this and that kind of stuff. But yeah. like, uh, just all those scenes were just really, really good because it felt like real life. Yeah, the, that's what I was going to say too is it felt for sh- it just felt super realistic of just watching a kid or whatever or not really knowing what to do or especially the scenes when he'd turn around and Johnny would be gone. Those are the Every most single stressful. one of those were so stressful for <laughs> me know. because I didn't know, I you know, I didn't have a lot of context. I obviously didn't know how the film ended and I didn't know if it was going to be like a drama and then like a tragedy. Yeah. I had no idea how the film was going to well, go. Well, those scenes in any films, like a, a parent losing a kid just for a split second, just because everyone's been there or something when they felt mm-hmm. not even a kid, maybe lost an animal or something. They're freaking out. Yeah. Uh, those scenes always get me, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely not a, uh, there's no twist at all for sure. It's, uh, it's just a straight up, like I said, just like a snapshot of, I, I got to talk about this scene. I also love this scene too. It's coming to mind. And that was when Johnny for the first time was doing the apologizing and he's reading from his phone, and they're trying to break down. You know, he's doing the same thing that Viv does in the yeah. pattern that she does it. And he's like, you know, you're really bad at this. He goes, yeah. He goes, do I do it like your mom? He goes, she doesn't read off a phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, the whole, I mean, 
the writing for this kid was fucking phenomenal, dude. It felt like a kid wrote it. I mean, it was so well written, and this kid was so uniquely strange and kind of weird, especially with the whole orphan thing that he did. Where he was so kind of, weird. Kids are weird like that, though. They dude. Are. They, they yeah. do like things that you just can't explain for no reason. But that whole thing of him coming. And it was for a reason or whatever. It was like he felt lost at the time, so he'll become, he pretends to be an orphan. And then he'd have, like, uh, horrible stories about, <laughs> you know, his mom and dad The orphanage dying, burned down. Or, or, yeah. yeah, or all of his siblings And died. his mom would always be like, oh, that's so crazy because my son's gone. And they, so, I have a bed just for I you. I have a bed for you. Yeah, and he goes to bed about this time. So, yeah, yeah you know, let's, uh, let's do that. It's just cool, man. It's it's. Definitely the kid everyone hopes to have, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, uh, a very understanding and patient kid. But again, you only felt like he was that because... Of his upbringing. He dealt with crazy shit, yeah. So he knew he was just more, way more Aware patient with parents, yeah. with adults in general. But, uh, but yeah, great. Uh, I love the... Uh, you know, uh, again, as Johnny and Jesse increasingly... As, as Jesse is increasingly getting on Johnny's nerves... He decides to make the decision to send him back. That's a good scene. It's a really good scene because the yeah. kid's like, oh, I got to poop. I got to poop. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to poop myself in the car, you know? And I'm I know. Thinking, oh, boy. I don't know what diner in New York is just allowing people to come and use the bed. Not a chance. No. <laughs> Especially not in New York. Are you no, that's what I'm me? saying. You got to yeah. pay, guy. Come yeah, on. Sorry, pal. That's yeah. $15 fee. Shitty. For a bathroom? Yeah. Well, you got to buy something on the menu. Yeah. You got to buy something, you know? Uh, but, uh, you know, he goes to the bathroom. And he locks the door, and I immediately knew, like, after, like, sitting on the toilet and everything, he didn't, he just didn't want to leave. He didn't want to yeah. leave Johnny, you know, which is kind of a Well, he a didn't want to go home back to reality. Yes, he didn't want to, that's the biggest thing. He didn't want to go back to Viv because he, and he told Johnny this later, but, you know, I don't want to go back to my mom. I, I, he would say very, very off-putting things about his mother. We knew he didn't really believe that, but he would say Oh, he's just angry, he was, yeah. Yeah, he's just angry. But uh, he didn't want to go home because he knew, he told Johnny that his mom would be really depressed because of his father. Well, it's like he, we, well that's what he says. Like, what am I going to go back to? My mom's going to be sad. My dad's not going to be there. Yeah. Uh, so what's the point? But yeah, I like that scene a lot. Uh, and this scene is shot in so many great, it's shot in L.A., it's shot in New York, and it's shot in New Orleans. New Orleans. So uh, three very beautiful cities, especially shot in black and white. Yeah. Uh, just great looking, especially when they're walking through the park or anything like that. It just, or down like through a subway or something. It looks amazing. Yeah. It just looks really good. It's really well shot. And uh, and I got to give to the other kids in this film, who I don't believe are actors. I think they were just interviewing them. See, that's what's There's interesting. There's no way those kids could be actors. No, because it felt too natural. For sure. It felt way too natural. And it felt like those kids were actually from those areas. Oh. You know. And some Detroit, of the things those kids New were Orleans. saying, yeah. I don't believe, I don't, no matter how good a writer you are, I just don't believe you could write Can't it like write, that. Yeah, no. something like that, for sure. But uh, I love those scenes too, man. Those were beautifully shot scenes of those they kids were. talking about the future and uh, it just kind of put the whole film in perspective because... Mm-hmm. The film is really what it's like to be a kid going through kind of a tragedy or whatever. Especially depending, and that's what's so diverse about America is especially where you grow up is so crucial, unlike a lot of other countries, you know, I mean, and not to like throw countries under the bus, but you know, you live, you live in Russia, you know what your, what your upbringing is probably going to be. Yeah. China, you know what it's going to be, but America is so diverse as fact as like, you know, you live in an inner city here, you might not be, you know, well off. 
But you live here, you might be better off. You live in New Orleans, you got a a strong memory of a lot of floods. A lot of floods. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of hurricanes, unfortunately. Uh, Which was, it was just interesting, man. Uh, The whole concept, it's very, like... The main character, uh, Johnny, he works for like a radio, like radio, lab, radio NPR yeah. or something like that, where they go around, they just get stories and whatever. But uh, so he's interviewing all his kids about the history. But what the kids, all the kids have something like uh, something profound to say, you know, and it's it's a movie. But I also kind of wanted to, to listen to the podcast that he was doing, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, I wanted to hear what these kids uh, had to say. You know, some of them had tragic things to say, like uh the New Orleans kid, it was like a guy died in this house. He's like, but he's a nice ghost. But he's a nice ghost. He's and a nice guy. Just very like, uh, I don't know, very dry and just kind of sad. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, uh, well, that's that, you know, that's that's uh, just to bring it up. And I know, I know, we kind of know this already, but that was one thing that they sprinkled in throughout this film was just. As far as like the interviews and stuff is just uh, the human experience in general, and That's just how drastically yeah. different it could it's be. It's a very philosophical film for sure. Yeah, and really just about like uh, like let's listen to these kids. Like that was a big part of the entire film was like no one's listening to these kids. Like uh, where, and that was the thing when he's like, I don't know how to how to act with, them, or I don't know how to uh, what to do with them. And she was like, Well, just listen to him. You know, just talk to him like he's a normal fucking person yeah. or whatever. And like. Uh, but that was so foreign to, to Joaquin Phoenix's character at the start, mm-hmm. to where like he he really wasn't sure. But uh, by the end, they're talking to each other like they were equals and whatnot. But uh, it ends up working out. Ends up being the best of friends. They ends up being the the best thing for both of them is what they needed. They just happened to come into each other's lives at perfect uh, time. Another beautiful scene too. And and this this one really struck me. Uh, and I, I, I don't know why, maybe maybe you felt the same way about this, but the idea of losing your memories as a child and, and the idea of like being eight or nine and then, you know, him and Johnny have this beautiful relationship, you know, uh, and, and at the end he goes, I'm really scared. I'm going to lose this memory because Johnny's saying, you know, yeah. as you grow up, you lose your memory. And it was so beautiful at the very end of this film for Johnny to send him all the audio recordings so he'll never forget that memory. Right, yeah. That's an interesting, uh, the whole audio recording thing is very interesting as like a parent. Because you could set that up in a way to where like your kids could like, if they're frustrated or whatever, like, hey, talking to this thing. Like, uh, it's kind of genius. And then you can go back and listen to the recordings or whatever and see what they're dealing with. Because that's what he did a lot of time is he would go back. Because a lot of times, uh, not Johnny, but Jesse would record without Johnny. Mm-hmm. So he would be saying things that Johnny wouldn't even know about. Yeah, and he, he'd be saying in the microphone, like, Johnny's really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a strange man. Yeah, he's not the best uncle. And yeah. like things like that. So he could go back and and, uh, and listen to all of that. But yeah, uh, very interesting. It is. And and that's, that's something I'd like, uh, or I would have liked for my parents back in the day to like have more of that. Because I don't have yeah. like a lot of footage or anything of me as a kid. But to see that would be, I mean, super meta. But it, uh, I would like to do that for my kids. Obviously, not like post it publicly, but just have a little library for them. Oh, you know? God, no. Yeah, like definitely them not. As a kid. It's also just, it's like a diary. You know, mm-hmm. it's a good yeah. way for them to just get out whatever. I don't know about giving them extremely expensive recording equipment like he had. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, and you know what I was thinking the At whole times, time? He was just like, just go with it. <laughs> 
I know. And I was I'm like, like oh my god. He was like in the ocean, stomping mm-hmm. around. I'm like, oh, I'd be sweating it. I, that's what I'd I be said. yelling I at this a, kid the whole fucking time. It's funny. I made a joke when me and Mary were watching this. I go, watch that kid run to the ocean with the yeah, equipment because he seemed like that kind of kid at the at first. <laughs> and I was like, he might just do it to be a dick. Yeah. But uh, the whole time when he's carrying it around, I'm like, is this film from a different era? Why the fuck does he not just have an H4N Zoom with a shotgun mic, right? Yeah. But he had this big old pack. He's on. got a really yeah, heavy it's a duty, really nice, good uh, I mean, sound. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. And he's recording out in outside and inside, and mm-hmm. sounds exactly the same regardless. Yeah. You know, that's a high end. No one else will care about that at all. No, but I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of yeah, I kind of want to know what the equipment was because uh, sounded phenomenal. It did. It was good. For sure, they're picking up subway sounds and mm-hmm. shit. It sounded really fucking good. But uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of just a snapshot of uh, of what it's like to be a kid and also what it's like to be an adult that's lost. I mean, it's just it's two people that are both lost that what? just happen to find each other. And even even the relationship, which we haven't really touched up on in this review, is the relationship between Johnny and Viv in the idea of this whole uh, story of their mother dying of dementia. Yeah. And them having two different ways of dealing with this pain of losing their mother to dementia, where Johnny wanted to take care and like go along with her delusions, where Viv thought that was the worst well, thing that, you could possibly do. That line hit me really hard where she was like... Uh, you're losing someone that loved everything you did. I'm losing someone who never got me. Yeah, that yeah. was brutal, dude. Yeah, was that rough. line was, yeah, holy shit. Like it heavy. When then you puts learn everything in perspective of like, you know, this person may be dying and you may be feeling one thing and I may be feeling an exact opposite feeling. Yes. But both those feelings are just as heavy. But it oh, was absolutely. It was a great fucking line. And that was so true. It's like he just wanted her to be happy and he'd go along with delusions and maybe that's not the best thing to do. And and she, you know, was angry but also confused at the whole thing going on. She didn't want to go along with delusions. But it wasn't like a like I want I'm mad at this person, so I don't want them to be happy kind of right. thing. But it was like what's best for this person. Well, it was also really great character development because we saw the relationship between her and her mother. It was hinted at with Jesse, uh, with obviously saying that, yeah, I know my mom used to run away and do all this kind of stuff when they were uh, getting dinner. But then, like, you see the way Viv has become a mother in her ways of communicating with her kid. Yeah. And really making sure she understands Jesse. Probably the opposite of how her mother exactly. treated her. Ra- uh, due to the circumstances of how she was raised, but really yeah. flushed out character, you know. Yeah. I, I could we, see why she was the And those she scenes was. are very short, too. Mm-hmm. Those scenes that we get with the mom and everything, it's not a big part of it, but it's no. just the main focus is on Jesse and Johnny, but just those few scenes kind of put everything into perspective of like, oh, that's why she acts the way she acts. Mm-hmm. That's why he acts the way he acts. Yep. It's a, it was a beautiful thing. It was. I, something I got to bring up. Uh, one more thing is Woody Norman, who's never done a film before, is British. In real life. Real life. Yes. Doing a fucking accent this entire time. I'm blown away by this yeah. kid. This Kids, kid might uh, be nominated for something. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad about it. I mean, definitely deserves it. I can't believe it. Yeah, he did a in a, a, a great accent. It blows my mind. Couldn't even tell. No, I had no idea until I read about it earlier. That's uh, 
it's like Christian Bale level of accent to me. You know, Christian Bale, he, he very British. He only does American. Yeah. And he, you never can tell. Can't tell. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was incredible. Yeah. That kid was great, man. He was. He really was. We'll be seeing him in a... Oh, I, I guarantee he's going to be a star one day. Who's got a better name, Woody Norman or Scoot McNary? I got to go with Woody Norman. <laughs> I like Woody better. I love the name Scoot. You love the name Scoot? <laughs> would, you name your, would you name your firstborn child Scoot? No, I'd name my dog <laughs> Scoot, but I'd never, I, I'd never name a human Scoot. That's a good <laughs> or point. like a pet gerbil or something. Right, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not a human name. But Scoot McNary, it, it always makes me laugh. Yeah. That guy's a great actor, too, and he, he's he only ever plays like really small roles, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just really small role for him to play. He's in it for like two minutes, and he's just uh, he did do a very good job of showing mental illness, though. Yeah, and doing it in a very realistic way. Yeah, you know, a very subtle, uh, subtle thing. And not like he's completely off the deep end, but he's slipping that Getting way. There. Yeah. yeah, very paranoid at one point, and uh, and tragic for Viv too. Super. <laughs> she's going through a lot, my going guy. We, a lot, we may a lot. need a sequel just showing what she's going through <laughs> yeah. at this time. Like it's, She may be going she's through chasing mental... chasing this guy uh, around the city. Like She's trying to get him in the hospital. It's fucking awful. It's wild. But, uh, one, of my, one of my favorites of the year, I'm just going to say that. I may have okay. a few black and white films on my... Yeah, on your top ten. Weird. Yeah. There, there have been a few really good ones. Tragedy and Macbeth. This one, Belfast. come on, come on, Belfast. I could, uh, this one and Belfast to me are very comparable because they both kind of deal with uh, childhood, yes, and personal tragedy for sure. But uh, and and both had that weird uh, family element to it. You know, yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah, just in different ways, different ways. Yeah, well, Belfast, Belfast is, about is a more kid. community family. Yeah, and there's terrorism going yeah, around constantly. <laughs> like uh, that kid had a much rougher life. I would have to say. I'd well, say so. I mean. Pick and choose, you know. Yeah, that is growing true. up with a dad with, that has, has mental illness. Yeah. Yeah, that might be rough. Or growing up in a time when the RRA is trying to blow up your entire village. It's uh, also- pick your poison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cash. That is our review for Come On, Come On. If you guys like what you've seen here, please be sure to smash that like button, comment below, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell notification as we drop videos here every single day. Thank you so much for watching and listening. My name is Mason Knight. That is Cash Krause. And until next time. Bye.